Good morning, rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. How's everybody feeling today? Yes. In the Christmas spirit. What's up with Ebenezer Scrooge over there this morning in the Rumble comments? KV Andy saying, I understand being in the spirit, but Christmas music is among the worst. What? Don't believe, don't receive. Awesome Wake Up America show content. Glad to have you here on the show today. Love to have all of our guests joining us. The only thing I ask for, the price of admission, is just uh, that like button as you file in. And if it's your first time watching and listening to the show today, I think that uh, you're going to love it here. And if you do, make sure you subscribe to the channel. All right, we got lots to go today. Some great guests and some spicy content. Oh, yes, very spicy. Uh, first up today, Joe Biden hits record low. Biden gets especially low marks uh, on his approval ratings for inflation and immigration. Few Americans say he's paying enough attention to their concerns. Yes. We're going to talk about that this morning, and then we're going to move on to another big story with a guest who I'm sure has a lot to say about this. Tucker Carlson calls out DeSantis supporters as some of the worst, dumbest, stupidest people, nastiest, stupidest people over. And I quote, um, I'll play that clip for you. And then we have one of the biggest Ron DeSantis supporters in the country joining us at 7.30 a.m. this morning. We're going to hear from John Cardillo who's going to be joining us at 7.30 to respond. Is John Cardillo one of the nastiest, stupidest people ever? It's just, it's just funny because I did write an article in Human Events Magazine about a month ago about how bad Ron DeSantis supporters online have been. And then I guess Tucker Carlson must read uh, Human Events because he probably saw my article and was like, oh, well, you know, so this just confirms it. So if Austin says it, then it's safe to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. All right. Uh, so <laughs> so I'll play that clip and we'll have John Cardillo. What? Austin, be careful with the switch buttons there. But there you go. Is everybody enjoying the assault gnomes there? So I think we sold out half the inventory yesterday. Uh, for some reason, people just love the assault gnomes. And uh, we got only, what, 20 of these in stock? And I think we sold 10 of them yesterday. So if you want to get an assault gnome, you better get it quick. We, uh, I, I'm going to the post office as soon as the show is over today to mail out boxes and boxes of assault gnomes. So if you guys do want them, then make sure you get one today because they'll probably be gone by the weekend at the rate we're going. Okay. Uh, let's see what else at eight o'clock this morning. Who else do we have? Oh, Camelia Peterson. So Camelia is going to join us this morning. Obviously, she always comes in on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, but this article got me laughing yesterday because this is kind of a new trend going on online where women reveal their icks. And if you're not like me, like my wife and I, we always love to watch like just like when we're not watching high minded documentaries or The Crown on Netflix. Uh, then we're usually watching like stupid internet videos, like cuts from podcasts, like the whatever podcast. Mostly it's like young, like chicks being embarrassed on camera <laughs> or being dumb. But there's this new trend that's been going around for the last several months call, called X, where women reveal like, what is it that like that men do that give you the ick? So I think it's actually a good question. Ladies, if you want to text into the show today, reveal your ick then you can. What is it that a guy does that gives you the ick? And icks can be anything, just like anything. It's a turnoff, right, essentially. So 
we're going to talk about this because the New York Post article that was going viral yesterday is women reveal their icks for men. What kills their lady B words? <laughs> lady bees. What is it? Something that a guy gets when he's really excited, but it's called a lady B word. Anyways, uh, so we're going to talk about that with Camelia Peterson this morning at 8 a.m. Central Time. Ladies reveal their icks. You can text the show. Let us know what's your ick at 573 319 1586. That's 573 319-1586. And speaking of that phone line today, we're going to do something very rare. And at 8.30 a.m. today, and I don't think I've done this since maybe we did the very beginning of the show, we are actually going to take callers on the show today. Yes. And I'll explain to you again, I'll explain this a couple of times to the show how it's going to work, because obviously I don't have a producer, so I don't have somebody to screen calls for me. So here's how I'm going to screen the calls. If you would like to be a guest on the show today, talk about whatever it is that you like or whatever you think is interesting in the news, then I'm going to give you the, the phone line. It's the same number as the text line that you text me at, and you'll be able to call into the show at that line when I go to the commercial break before I start taking calls. All you have to do is just text that line, say, hey, Austin, I want to be a guest on the show. Uh, I'd like to talk to you. I'd like to talk to the audience, et cetera, et cetera. And this is the topic I'd like to discuss so when you text me during that commercial break, I'll be able to say, okay, this is a good uh, conversation. This is one that I'd like to have. So I'll be able to screen those calls. Uh, and then I will, and then you'll just call the show line and I'll be able to get you onto the program and you'll be able to talk to the audience and everybody. You'll be able to be a guest. So the Wake Up America show today starring you. So write that phone number down or just program it in your phone, right? Who writes things down anymore? I did my handwriting the other day where I made a post on Instagram of my handwriting and it looked terrible It's because everybody types everything. So text line is the same as the call line. It's 573-319-1586. Again, that's 573-319-1586. So you'll, you'll text us first, tell us what you want to talk about. Uh, and that's going to be at 8.30 a.m. Central today, so about an hour and 20 minutes from now. Whoa, cha-ching, cha-ching, woo-woo, looks like we got our first sale this morning. Oh, I know who that is, I won't say your name, but uh, congratulations on your very own garden gnome headed your way. An assault garden gnome. On its way to your door at ape from apforlibertyshop.com. Yeah, those garden gnomes are going to go fast, everybody, so... Uh, that means we probably we only have like nine garden gnomes left. So if you want to get a garden gnome, you better get them quick because they're selling out at ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, ap4libertyshop.com. Don't they look nice in front of our coffees? Yeah, get some coffee too while you're at it. Okay, um, the big news, uh, Joe Biden's uh, approval rating hits an all-time low in a Monmouth University poll, including particularly poor marks for his handling of immigration and inflation. Duh. No kidding. Duh. <laughs> Only three in 10 Americans say that Biden is giving enough attention to the issues that are important to them, which is worse than his predecessor, Donald Trump. Public opinion of Biden's job performance currently stands at 34% approve and 61% disapprove. Aww. Yeah. They're going to be running around the hall the White House this morning with their heads cut off. I promise you, they're not happy. Corinne Jean-Pierre is going to be spinning like crazy. Oh, and speaking of Corinne Jean-Pierre, I'm Jean-Pierre. Jean
Jean-Pierre, I'm going to have to do this on the fly, so you guys, unfortunately, are going to have to watch me do this, but uh, it was a very busy morning getting everything ready to do, like, all the new music this morning for you. Uh, here is, oh, here is Corinne Jean-Pierre, but she doesn't look exactly like she usually looks. Take a look and a listen to the White House press secretary. You know, there's been zero evidence, zero evidence. You can ask me, how can I, I mean, Obama be the hidden puppet master for this administration, but there's no evidence. There's, wait, wait, there's no evidence. There's no evidence that Obama is Joe's puppet master. There's none, absolutely none, none. And that is just a fact. You can't say that it looks like my hair is the dirty mop the janitor is looking for. You can't say that it looks like I lazily slapped on some of Big Mike's lipstick and horrific eyeshadow. Don't even look that close. That's a waste of time. Uh, there it is, ladies and gents. Uh, so Barack Obama is not Joe Biden's puppet master. That's definitely not why the president of the United States approval rating is so low because he's been being controlled by outside forces like Corrine Jean-Pierre. Did you guys see that? Did you like it? Where else are you going to see in like content like this? So make sure you click like and subscribe to the Wake Up America show and come back and join us here every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. Let's continue here. So Biden stands at 34% approve and 61% disapprove. This is, to me, the ultimate white pill. Uh, I wrote an article that was published in Human Events just this week that I highly recommend that you read. I posted it to the top of my Twitter timeline, but it's really about you know Alex Jones and the state of the media, uh, or the ultimate white pill is what I call it. That's the title of the piece, that Alex Jones's reinstatement on X is the ultimate white pill. Uh, and here's what I had to say about this, because it feels like, to me, that we are winning not only the culture war, not only the digital war, not only the informational war, but in many ways, if the election were held today, I believe that Donald Trump would be reinstated as president of the United States. Some of you be excited? Some of you might be? Yes, I know that we've got some DeSantis supporters out there for sure, and the election is not over. We are going to hear from John Cardillo this morning about uh, what he thinks about how the primary has been breaking down. But the legacy media had this collective panic attack over the last week when Alex Jones was restored on X. Uh, lefty journals were saying things like, oh, uh, everybody who gets killed in a mass shooting that will ensue now that Jones is back, uh, Elon Musk is going to be responsible for all those people that are going to be killed because Alex Jones is back on X. I mean, that you know, a tad hyperbolic, right? Sam Harris, you know, who's just been on a downward spiral for a long time, but especially since COVID-19, he came out and said that people, you know, he was complaining that people were actually allowed to vote on it because Elon Musk actually conducted a poll on X and it, uh, he posted it, Vox Populi, Vox Dei, right? The voice of people is the voice of God, the, that uh, asking the question of whether or not Alex Jones should be reinstated on X. And Sam Harris was mad that Elon Musk allowed people to vote on it. So, so much for the, the left's love of democracy, right? But you got to understand the corporatist and the leftist media have had a really difficult year this year, right? There have been layoffs in the thousands with many major publications. Gawker officially shut down in February. BuzzFeed axed their staff in April. Hyundai Nast trimmed their payrolls in New York. They laid off hundreds of employees. NPR is downsizing by 10%. <laughs> 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 
and uh, Vox Media four percent uh, decrease as well. And that's just the online news, right? TV news is even worse. I mean, ask yourself: Does anybody even watch Meet the Press anymore? Right? The mainstream media is failing in that. In terms of the mainstream, like they don't matter anymore as much in the marketplace of ideas. Alex Jones is flourishing in the marketplace of ideas. Now, here's the thing. I love to pin my woes uh, or my my enemies' woes on their ideolo- on their ideology, right? Go woke, go broke. That and I think that is partially true. But that's not the full picture here. That's not the entire picture of what's going on. Because if you look at Vice's bankruptcy, for example, Gavin McInnes did a really good video that I linked to in the human events piece, where he argues that Vice's failure has less to do with wokeness and more to do with the fact that they can't run the books, right? And it's, I mean, why is this surprising? Because if you think about it, I mean, the left is notoriously anti-business. They don't take business talk seriously, right? So look at the what happened to the Washington Post. They had a union strike the other day for one day. They had a one-day work stoppage, right, to try and get better deals. But the one thing that none of them acknowledged was that these better deals have to be funded. The money has to actually come from somewhere. And if you don't know, the Washington Post, they hemorrhage cash. They are losing cash like crazy. Of course, Jeff Bezos is a billionaire and he can bail them out indefinitely, but that's not a real business model, right? Jeff Bezos is not Santa Claus. Now, he might be using the Washington Post for ulterior motives and he might be, and a lot of people who are billionaires and millionaires run newspapers knowing that they're losing money just because they want to have their opinions heard out there. They're willing to pay for PR, which is what the Washington Post essentially can be, right? So he, but I, I still think that Jeff Bezos wants the newspaper to make money. Who doesn't, right? The Guardian newspaper in the UK is another perfect example of that, where that newspaper loses money like crazy and the, it can only stay alive through the funding of leftist elites. But Alex Jones, here's the thing. He understands the media game completely, right? Where the Washington Post, Jeff Bezos and all these guys, the people who are running these news outlets, the legacy news, as a lot of people call it, they aren't making money. They don't understand the game and how to make a profit while doing the news, right? Alex Jones understands the game. Uh, uh, Tucker Carlson understands the game. I would, you know, not to pat myself on the back or anything like that, but, you know, we're not losing money here uh, over at uh, the Wake Up America show. Yes, we are a two-person operation, me and my wife, but Maybe that's what you have to do in order to be profitable. You can't run a newspaper like the Washington Post with hundreds of reporters and journalists. And people will say, oh, it's the death of journalism. You got to have reporters to be to go out and to do all these news stories and things like that. People cover those news stories for free. They pull out their phones and they show what's happening in the world. Now, listen, I don't want to get into a big debate about what, you know, what's real journalism, what's not real journalism. But the fact of the matter is, is that the legacy media is dying, I think, in large part because these communists don't understand business because they don't like business. So they don't set up business models that will actually be profitable. And here's the thing. In terms of influence, if you are a Republican presidential candidate, who are you going to want to be interviewed by? Jake Tapper uh, or more or Morning Joe on MSNBC or Tucker Carlson? Isn't it obvious, right? You know, ever since Amazon's web servers yanked the rug out from Parler, that social, that conservative social media platform, 
conservatives have been frantically building their own infrastructures, right? Elon Musk taking over Twitter, this was kind of a big bonus for the right. But this is a bonus win in a fight that we are starting to actually win, right? We are starting to see the tide turning in our direction, right? The next big fight we're going to have is going to be are going to be legal fights, lawfare fights, right? But uh, some of this is going to be, you know, hinge on Elon Musk's gambit that will see him turn X into a profitable platform. You know, will he be able to succeed against boycotts, uh, uh, advertiser boycotts? We're already starting to see some advertisers are coming back uh, to the platform. Um, or is it going to be like Jeff Bezos, where Elon Musk is just throwing cash after X, trying to get the social platform to try and make money? And, and will it be another fruitless venture? That is going to be a big question and a turning point in whether or not the next decade will be able to see X thrive as a real free speech platform. And, and certainly I hope that it does. But think about, for example, rumble.com, where we're broadcasting this show right now. I, they have steadily been building themselves up as an alternative to the ban happy YouTube. And apps like Public Square, which I almost feel like I don't want to give away my secret here. This has been such a huge, huge game changer for Stephanie and my business, right, uh, is Public Square. I mean, thousands of people who are unable to advertise on other outlets are actually able to advertise on Public Square. Um, my own patriotic merchandise shop, apforlibertyshop.com, we actually see, because these little gnomes have guns, I can't advertise them on Facebook. I can't advertise them on Google. There are a lot of places, like, you know, Meta, Instagram, or what have you, they're not going to allow me to advertise these little dudes, right? But Public Square does allow me to advertise them. And our merchandise business, as Public Square, which went, you know, quote, unquote, public, um, recently on the, on the, is publicly traded, they have actually, as their, their tides have risen, our boats, me and Stephanie's little shop, AP for Liberty Shop, has been benefiting from it. As a matter of fact, we're starting to get to where like half of our sales a day, and we usually get like maybe four or five sales a day. If we get five sales a day, that for us is like, that's our goal every day to try to get five sales. But like two or three of those sales a day will typically come from Public Square, which is, you know, amazing for us because otherwise we'd be kind of struggling to try and get that goal of five sales a day. Public Square is a conservative marketplace that's a competitor to Amazon where you can actually sell patriotic products and, and advertise things like my little assault garden gnomes, funny things like this. But our personal fortunes have shifted because of what's happening with conservatives setting up their own marketplaces and their own infrastructure. I mean, this is real life-changing power. I'm giving you a white pill right now. That's what this is. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're glad and thankful to have you here on the Wake Up America show. You know, 10 years ago, conservatives and libertarians were losing on nearly every front, digital, uh, uh, informational, political, legal, cultural. But now the tides have turned. Companies investors are backing off their ESG initiatives to the tune of $14 billion. Roe versus Wade has been overturned. The Daily Wire is making counter-leftist cultural films and documentaries. I hope to get there one day. Alex Jones is back on X. And if the general election were held today, Trump would be restored as president of the United States. Battles are being won. The advantage is turning back in our direction. Uh, and all we have to do is avoid snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, right? The election is less than 
one year from today. How are we feeling today, guys? Are we feeling based and white-pilled? I certainly hope so. Do me a favor if you're enjoying the content that you're watching this morning. Will you click like on the stream? I really appreciate that. Uh, and of course, if you're enjoying the content that you're hearing this morning, we stream this show live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. So make sure that you come back and join us here on the show and click subscribe. Uh, appreciate all of our friends uh, uh, who have helped us get to this point now where we're growing with so many new friends. So, all right. So Tucker Carlson comes out and attacks Ron DeSantis supporters, uh, calling them some of the nastiest people ever. I'll tell you what, I'll just go ahead and play the clip and let you guys hear what Tucker Carlson has to say. And you can react to it. Where, oh, Austin, did you not queue up that clip? Don't be such a moron next time. Hold on. I do have it somewhere here. Hold on. Take a listen. Can I just ask a question since you all are so on the internet and <laughs> like I'm not that much? Um, you really get the sense that Ron DeSantis, who I liked as governor, uh, the people who represent him online are the nastiest, the stupidest, and the most zero-sum people I've ever yes. seen in my life. And I don't think that reflects him, but it's like, this is kind of small ball. And by the way, these purported conservatives, Ron DeSantis changed his view, and I like him, okay? I think he's been a good governor. I just want to be clear about that. I know him personally. I like him. But his donor, Ken Griffin, told him to change his view on Ukraine from it's a regional mm -hmm. conflict we shouldn't get involved in to it's a super important thing we should send more money. One donor got him to change his view, and all these so-called conservatives are supporting that like it's the most important thing ever. I, like, who are these people, and what is their problem? Like, what is going on with them? It, it does reflect on Ron because Ron should have fired the people running his campaign a long time ago. Uh, look, I, I respect that he wanted to launch his campaign on X, on Twitter space yeah, at the time, and it, and it failed miserably. This is a mistake. And now you've got, uh, look, I know a lot of people groan, but a lot of people laugh, the high heels, you know, boots scandal. I mean, who's giving this guy advice and why does he keep taking it? Because I, I will say it politically and, and policy-wise, we love Ron DeSantis. Yeah. He's done an amazing job. I agree. But his campaign is a train wreck. Yeah. See, now this is exactly what I've been saying. And DeSantis supporters, they don't seem to want to hear it. Well, guess what? We've got a DeSantis supporter, one of the biggest DeSantis supporters out there. John Cardillo from Florida joining us live in five. Don't go away. Just head over to APforLibertyShop.com. Do a little shopping in the next few minutes. Get yourself one of those assault garden gnomes, and we'll be back on the Wake Up America show at WakeUpAmericaShow.com. Would you vote for Trump if he chose Nikki as VP? And would you guys vote no? for Trump? Well, I that's mean, the question that I asked you specifically. Well, I, right. I, I, I would not only not vote for that ticket, I would, I would advocate against it as strongly as I could. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I well, that, that's, I, just, I, that's just poison. I mean, here's someone who's actively opposed to the interests of the country I grew up in, who endorsed the BLM riots, and who is not, only, is, is not left, but is neoliberal in the darkest, most, speaking of nihilist, nihilistic mm -hmm. way, and has no real popular support, is a, is a creature of the oligarchs. So, yeah, that would, be, that would be reason to oppose the ticket. Even Trump, Haley is a no-go. Nikki Haley. He would get assassinated immediately if that were the case. Yeah, and by the way, I just can't imagine a world where that could happen. That would be so crazy. I mean, anything could happen, of course, but picking Nikki Haley, um, who's utterly treacherous and utterly dismissive Christina. of like, the interests of Americans. Yeah. It's a no-go for me, uh, but it's a yes for BlackRock. <laughs> That's good, Luke. Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're still waiting for John Cardillo. Looks like he's hanging out in the waiting room right now. Let me go grab him and get him on here. I'll be right back.
Can I just ask a question since you all are so on the internet and like I'm not that much? Um, you really get the sense that Ron DeSantis, who I liked as governor, uh, the people who represent him online are the nastiest, the stupidest, and the most zero-sum people I've ever yes. seen in my life. And I don't think that reflects him, but it's- Nastiest, the stupidest, the most zero-sum people he's ever met in his life. Tucker Carlson is talking about my next guest, John Cardillo, former NYPD. He is joining us live right now from the great state of Florida. He's a big DeSantis supporter. Good morning, John. How are you, sir? Merry Christmas. Hey, Austin. Merry Christmas. How are you, my friend? All right. Are you one of the nastiest, most disgusting people out there, John? I guess Tucker Carlson thinks so. What do you? How do you respond to that? I guess so. I guess Tucker has never met uh, Laura Loomer, Roger Stone, Alex Bruzewitz, Brendan Dilley, all these people who dox moms whose husbands are deployed because these moms had the audacity to support a candidate other than Trump. Look, I like Tucker. I, I think he turns out a good product and I get what he's doing, right? He's picked a side. He should be honest about it. Tucker's also the same guy who refuses to ask Trump a question about Fauci, about saying in January of this year that his vaccine saved 100 million lives and is perfectly safe. Tucker's never asked Trump a single word, a single question about Trump being honored, honored to have the support of Black Lives Matter, an organization whose mantras are, what do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? And pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. So I get what Tucker's doing, right? He's launching a new media platform. He knows the Trump base, that, that mega MAGA base, the Magadonians that they call themselves, are the people most likely to pay him 72 bucks a year. And if a million of those people pay him 72 bucks a year, well, it's pretty lucrative, right, Austin? So I, I get what Tucker's doing, and it's purely a business decision because his leaked emails said something very different about Donald Trump. His leaked emails talked about how much he hated Trump and how much he despised Trump. So to me, this is purely a business decision, a marketing decision. And if you're going to look at it by the numbers, a smart one. Yeah, no, I'm not going to lie, John. I, you know, I, obviously, I work in the media industry as well. I run my own podcast. I have my own merchandise shop. And when Ron DeSantis launched his campaign, I created a few products for him. I created, you know, a nice shirt, two or three shirts for him. Some were like copies of some memes that had gone around and people, you know, were like, you know, generally they were interested. But I also have Trump merchandise. And, you know, frankly, there's a lot more of it out there. And people yeah. buy a lot more Trump merchandise. I think we Ab maybe absolutely, absolutely hands down. So I get why he's doing what he's doing. But here's the thing, like that's indicative of a, of the difference between a movement and just a political personality. See, one of the problems I think that that Ron DeSantis has yet to overcome is the fact that Donald Trump is such a celebrity and, and he's fun and he's funny. And Ron DeSantis has really come off as kind of awkward and stilted. And the campaign just sort of tripped, faltered out of the gate. And it hasn't really been able to pick up the kind of steam that you would have expected. I, listen, I want to see people run on their records and, and what it is that they've done. But that's how I vote. I'm not normal, right? Normal people vote for who looks cool next to Kid Rock at, at the UFC fight. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, no. Look, I think you're 100 percent right. I've said this, you know, many of us who know the governor, know Ron, well, you know, we, we gave our criticisms, our critiques to him directly. We uh, we weren't happy with some people they had brought on to the team There were a lot of Ted Cruz people. Many of us uh, weren't happy about that because we didn't think that they could uh, uh, fight not just Trump, but that they could understand the tenor of the base. Right. And I think we've been we've been proven right on that. There's been a purge recently, another purge. But uh, to your to your initial point uh, in that last uh, comment, 
Trump is larger than life. So a lot of the country isn't ready to move on from Trump. And there's a reason for that. They're not like you just correctly said, you and I. We'll look at the issues. We personally know a lot of these people. We've been exposed to them. We've been in their orbit. We've been around them. They have it. They're living their lives, man. They're, they're working their jobs. They're getting their kids to soccer practice. I had lunch with a buddy of mine yesterday, a very successful. He's an attorney, a tax attorney, and a CPA. And he's a conservative guy, but he comes to me for his political info. Why? He's running a, a ridiculously busy practice. He has three sons. They're all athletes. Every single day is consumed with work or family. The guy doesn't have five extra seconds to sit down and look at politics. And when he does have a few extra minutes, he grabs lunch with a buddy, right? Just try to decompress a little bit. And the last thing he wants to talk about are, are, are deep political insights. That's the majority of Americans that aren't super wonky. That's how they live their lives. So they're looking at face value, what Trump says. They're not digging into what he did. They're not understanding the nuances of his personnel disasters and, and Ron's successes, uh, Ron Sanis' successes in Florida, because maybe they live in Iowa, maybe they live in Colorado, they live in Arizona. So they're not exposed to quality of life in Florida. Um, but I, I do agree with you. I think it's very difficult to overcome. The other factor is a simpler one. Trump is a former sitting United States president with 100% name recognition, and he had that coming in to the race against Hillary Clinton. And so I think it's a, it's a mountain to overcome for any candidate. I just wish more people looked at the numbers because DeSantis is really the only guy that can start digging us out of this mess. If you're just tuning in the Wake Up America show, good morning. I'm Austin Peterson. I'm speaking to former NYPD John Cardillo. He's a big backer of the Ron DeSantis campaign. We were reacting to comments made by Tucker Carlson that the supporters online are some of the nastiest people we've ever met. Um, I, I do want to talk about that. But before I do, I'm working on a piece this week for Human Events uh, about the what's happening with the DeSantis campaign, John. And, you know, I have my own political point of view on this one. And I agree with Tucker when he says that, you know, he thinks that Ron DeSantis is one of the best governors that we have. I, I completely agree with that. But I think Tucker's right about what DeSantis supporters have turned into. You, I mean, you can point at Laura Loomer and 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 all those guys, uh, the Trump campaign, Alex Bruzewitz and Roger Stone and others, and say, I'm almost done. That's, and, that's and, and say that's true. But DeSantis supporters are supposed to rise above that. You know, you're supposed to be if you know if you're going to point fingers at that, you got to be better than that. DeSantis supporters online are just like so petty. Like there's some guy out there who like tags me in every post. Oh, DeSantis supporters are so mean. And it's like, it's so childish, John. Yeah, but hold on a second. You got to separate people like me, people like you from some yeah. random account that can be a bot, that can be anybody. I am going to, you and I typically agree, you're dead wrong. I'm going to say you're dead wrong. I have been doxxed. My mother has been threatened with death because of things Alex Bruzewitz. My mother, 75-year-old mom, going to be 76, has been threatened with death. People have driven by my home and sent photos. I have been accused of crimes I didn't commit. I had felonies <clears throat> attributed to me by Brendan Dilley, Alex Bruzewitz, this other idiot, Jose Gomez, goes by Joma GC, because someone 20 years older than me with my name was convicted of these felonies. I had a single, well, not a single mom, the mom of a deployed uh, veteran tell me she had to call the police multiple times because these same people published her address online. Uh, it, this is this is Laura Loomer smears. Roger Stone called Casey DeSantis a C-U-N-T. When have you ever, Austin, ever seen anyone in DeSantis's inner circle speak that way about Melania Trump? That is absolutely incorrect. Tucker's dead wrong on that. 
Okay. The prominent supporters, the ones who can be identified, who people know, if you look at Trump's prominent supporters and DeSantis's, Trump's have acted like vile, disgusting savages. No prominent DeSantis support. I, the worst I say is Trump people act like cultists. I've never pushed somebody's address. I've never gone after somebody's family. I have never called somebody a criminal when, when they, they didn't commit a crime. Never. It, you, it is incomparable. So sure, you want to take random bot accounts that can't be accounted for. You don't even know if they're real. You don't know if it's some random person with 15 anonymous accounts. Sure, if you want to cherry pick those, but I'm talking about identifiable people. Give me one, just one, one person of prominence on the DeSantis side who has done anything resembling what Loomer, Stone, Dilly, or Bruzewitz has done to anyone. Maybe Give that, me one, uh, okay, and I'll concede. I, okay, but here's the thing. Uh, maybe that's why they're winning, right? Because they're just more- Oh, come on, I don't jealous. buy that. Okay, but, oh, but here's the thing. Okay, all right. Well, but but here's the thing. They're and winning. I, they're winning because they're 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 threatening single a young Maybe. moms alone while their husbands mm -hmm. are. Deployed. And if that's why they're winning, then we got to purge the whole movement. We got to try to move this country in a different direction. If you're mm -hmm. winning an election because you're you're you're. Oh, by the way, Casey DeSantis faked her cancer. That's another favorite of Roger Stone and his cronies. Give me a break. But you guys knew this going like in. I mean, I mean, remember when Donald what Donald Trump said about Ted Cruz and his wife and his dad, you know, killing JFK or whatever, all this kind of stuff. Remember the Barack Obama was uh you know, born in Kenya, like where's the birth certificate, all this stuff. I mean, that's Donald Trump's playbook. Sure. But but here's my but, but here's a, but here's a, my question specifically, because the the latest explosion that I'm that I'm writing my piece about this week is the Jeff Rowe. Uh, story. And this is most people who listen to the show possibly, you know, are probably not uh, insiders in politics. Yeah, if yeah. you're and I know Jeff Rowe because I had to, I campaigned against him when I ran for Senate. He was supporting Senator right, Josh right, Hawley, right. Senator Josh Hawley's campaign. They call him the angel of death when it comes to campaigns. I mean, if he can't win you the race, the race is not winnable. Why did he leave? Why did he quit working for DeSantis as an out, you know, outside consultant? What happened there? Because that is that's kind of a canary in a coal mine, at least from my understanding of politics, is it not? Look, I have no idea. <clears throat> I have my speculations. I haven't spoken to anyone over it, never back down. But I will tell you this. I didn't like their messaging from day one. So as successful as Roe has been in some areas and as successful as Axiom, his firm has been in many other places, they haven't been. I thought the the messaging was stale. I thought it was too tepid. They were afraid to go on the attack. So I wasn't a fan of what Roe and his team were doing, and and uh, I think a much needed change uh, occurred over there. Uh, I suspect it was because of uh, that. I read something recently, and I've, I've asked some people inside for comment as to the fact that a lot of money was going back to Roe's firm and his handpicked consultants. Have to see if that's true, but it seems to be the case. I know one thing about Ron DeSantis that I can tell you. He is probably the most fiscally responsible politician I've ever met. I mean, his commission structures on his campaign are the trimmest I've ever seen. Whereas on the Trump side, you got these people making ridiculous, ridiculous commissions. You've got Trump out there selling NFTs and pieces of a torn suit. The DeSantis team doesn't do that. They run very efficiently and they account for every dollar of donor money because they're very cognizant of the individual donor's financial condition under the Biden economy. Trump doesn't care. Trump will go out there and say, give me 4,700 bucks for a worthless NFT and a piece of my old dirty suit, which by the way, you know, that's not going to be a piece of Trump's suit. They're going to go buy some fabric at a fabric store, cut it up and send it out. 
You think Donald, I, I, I don't know, but I doubt Donald Trump would cut up a $5,000 Brioni suit. The guy won't even give his people who are being persecuted a buck for their legal fees. So okay, sorry, okay, but, but I don't buy that. And, and listen, it makes sense that you go after Trump, but I, I, I'm trying to understand what's happening with the DeSantis campaign. Well, because- I, I don't know. I don't know. Don't and know. I will tell you, a lot of us have uh, expressed concern. I can tell you, I, I speak to the campaign team, senior people. And I expressed this concern. I, I, I had a conversation with one of them at a Christmas party a couple of weeks back, myself and a few other uh, DeSantis influencers, for lack of a better word, well-known media people. And we told them how we feel. Uh, we, we, we don't like that our advice, because we've been pretty good at this. We've all built pretty big followings and we know how to be incendiary and fight. They didn't take our advice. They were, they were more inclined to listen to the Jeff Rowe and, 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 uh, you know, those types who wanted to run a more traditional campaign without the attacks. You can't do that. I wanted to bring a couple of people to visit who were former Trump campaign people who've migrated away. And that was blocked by some people. I don't really know by whom, but I I thought it was preposterous to not have those kinds of defections feeding you intelligence. And so, yeah, mistakes have been made. But again, even if all those things had been done, I'm not sure a vast majority of the Republican base cared about those nuances and was ready to move on from this celebrity presence of Donald Trump. John, Iowa, uh, it's coming up here in just a few months, and I'm curious to see what you think. I'm seeing predictions of DeSantis supporters saying that he's going to pull it out, he's going to win. Um you know, kind of as a joke, I retweeted somebody the other day who said DeSantis is going to win Iowa, where I said, Vivek Ramaswamy is going to win Iowa with 100% of the vote and America will immediately become a Hindu nation. Um, Obviously, I'm joking, but uh, it just seems a little delusional. I mean, I don't know. Listen, maybe the polls are wrong and I I hate polls and I don't want to believe them. There's the election betting odds, people betting their own money on it. I don't see it happening. How are you? How do you feel about his his chances? Actually, I'm just be real with me. okay? Hey, look, I like his, honestly, forget, look, forget who I support. I like his chances in Iowa. And, and I, you got to look at, in 2008, Hillary Clinton was supposed to clean sweep Barack Obama. In 2016, Donald Trump was, was supposed to win like two states. So if you look at the samples of these polls, they're, they're tremendously flawed. They're like 500 um, uh, samples of 500 and 99.6% like of the respondents aren't responding. So you're getting a minuscule percentage of respondents, and you have to bake into that if you're an honest analyst, whether or not they were responding and and turned it into a push poll for Trump. But who knows? Now, what I will tell you is I've spoken to some pretty savvy operators on the ground in Iowa who all tell me that in their minds, the Santa's will win Iowa. But so what? If he wins Iowa, uh, does that mean anything for for the contest to come after? Ted Cruz won Iowa. Mike Huckabee won Iowa. And so I think people look too much to Iowa. It hasn't been a barometer of, of who ultimately wins the presidential primary. I also think there's another variable that no one is factoring in. Now, the, the judge in, in D.C. Uh, pretty much guaranteed there'll be no criminal trials prior to the election, right? She pushed that back. We're waiting for SCOTUS to rule on that obstruction issue. And uh, the Court of Appeals then has to chime in on whether or not uh, the immunity issue. Can Trump be prosecuted federally for things he did as president? That all said, everybody is ignoring the crippling pressure one criminal proceeding puts you under. Now, even though they're waiting for these decisions to come down, Trump is going to be prepping with his team and he's going to have to be subjected to discovery and these interrogatories and all of the things that go into a criminal prosecution. 
Add to that the multiple civil lawsuits. Add to that what I thought was a preposterous ruling by this jury in D.C. that Rudy Giuliani owes $148 million. Now, that's got to be weighing on Trump uh, with regards to the Georgia prosecution, because Georgia jurors know about that. You're not going to find a juror on the planet that doesn't know about that uh, verdict. And if you you do find one, you don't want them on your jury because they're the dumbest person alive, right? Or they live under a rock. So everybody's taking that variable and ignoring what this type of lawfare. And look, I think Jack Smith should be disbarred. I think these judges should lose their seats on the bench. I cannot support Donald Trump, but also despise what's being done to him, right? That would never be done to a Democrat. Hunter Biden should be in handcuffs. He's not. He's defying congressional subpoenas. But these things take their toll. Trump is nearly 80. I looked at a photo the other day of Donald Trump in 2015, eight years ago, nine years ago. The man looks 25 years younger than he does today. When you see Trump today without makeup and without his hair done and without good lighting, he does not look healthy. So I think people are are underestimating that. And forget DeSantis and every other candidate. When you put Trump and Biden side by side and combine their ages, we're back in the Civil War. <laughs> That's how old these two guys are combined. We can't do better in a nation of 330 million. Look, I despise Gavin Newsom. I thought he got his, his ass kicked in that debate with DeSantis. But at least we saw two young, healthy guys on stage, right? I mean, we can have that. But as a country, we're stuck on these octogenarians or nearly octogenarians. The boomers it's just won't let go, John. They, the boomers will not let go. Uh, I know. John, I see a lot of DeSantis supporters online saying <laughs> that that if DeSantis is not the candidate, they are not going to vote for Trump in the general election. Are you there? Well, I also see Trump supporters saying the same thing. Let me sure. say this. I wasn't fully there. I'm not sure. And it has nothing whatsoever to do with Ron DeSantis. I had tweeted out about a month and a half, two months ago. I don't care who ultimately wins. I'm voting for the Republican man, Nikki Haley, maybe not. I don't know. But if it was Trump, I would have backed him uh, and voted for him and stood online as long as I did if I didn't early vote in 2016 and 2020. When Donald Trump embraced Black Lives Matter and said he was honored by their support, it turned me. And it turned me because, like you noted in the opening, I was NYPD. Black Lives Matter laughed at and mocked cops I knew who were killed, one 20-something years old shot in the head, not even a year out of the academy. Donald Trump should be ashamed of himself. So no, it wasn't, oh, he's converting new voters and he's bringing people over to the aisle. No, 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 no. There are lines you don't cross. They are a domestic terror group that want whites, police, the wealthy, the upper middle class dead so they can take their money and splurge on, on estates and mansions all over Los Angeles. It was an absolute disgrace that he embraced him. And some of us have lines. And, and I don't even know if I'll vote for him after that. I would have voted for Donald Trump had he not done that. I would have absolutely voted for Donald Trump had he not embraced a domestic terror cop killing organization. But I live in Florida. The Republican nominee is going to win anyway. So I'm free to sit out if it, if it, if it assuages my conscience. What I can't do is support that. I cannot support that. I can't support a guy that jail broke a bunch of violent criminals that are out there raping, robbing, murdering, and wholesale drug trafficking, which is exactly what he did. I backed the First Step Act because I was told by people very close to Trump, this is about white collar, nonviolent offenders or nonviolent drug offenders. The poor dumb kid at 20 who had a pound of weed sold it to his buddy in a sitting in federal prison. That was a lie. That was a lie. MS-13 gangbangers traffickers, 1% are biker gang enforcer murderers. These are the people that are being let out and we see it there, killing again. So I'm a law and order guy. That's an issue that I do care about. <clears throat> I don't, I, because I see what happens 
to every, if you don't have law and order, you don't have commerce, you don't have an economy, you have nothing. You don't have a stable political process. So I don't know at this point, if he keeps going down this path and making this hard left turn and going further left, I don't know. No, Nikki Haley. Not never. I mean, I don't vote for Democrats. Why would I vote for her? I, I said something today. I don't vote for Democrats. That's why I don't know if I can. Look, think about, let's just, $8 trillion in additional debt, elevating Fauci, praising the jab, releasing violent felons from, from prison early, hosting Bruce Jenner in drag at Mar-a-Lago every other week, opposing the North Carolina transgender bathroom bill. He wants grown men to, to be in a urinal next to little, uh, in a bathroom next to little girls. Uh, uh, the uh, question he was asked, can a man become a woman? He couldn't answer. He stuttered. Uh, embracing BLM. If I listed these positions blindly and said Democrat or Republican, 100% of those soccer moms and dads who don't pay attention would put a big red Democrat or big blue Democrat stamp on that. So I don't know if I can vote for a Democrat. I don't know. Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? Never. Eco-terrorist and a gun grabber. No, thanks. (laughs) This is such good stuff. Uh, John, is there anything that you think that we have missed here or any message that you'd like to share with our listeners before we? Yeah, yeah. So Trump's newest one is he wants Chip Roy ousted from Congress. Unfortunately, he was a couple (laughs) of months too late because the filing deadline, the primary Chip Roy is uh, long past. He called Chip Roy a rhino in 2022. Chip Roy had a perfect zero score in terms of voting for Biden's agenda. Zero. Everything Biden floated to Congress, Chip Roy voted again. Donald Trump called him a rhino. Why? Because Chip Roy will not worship at his altar. And I'm about my nation, Austin, not about one angry guy. Yeah, it's like when he came after Thomas Massey. I'm like, you can't come after my boy. You can't come after my boy, Donald. All right. So uh, where can people find you online, John? What are you working on these days? Uh, what well, would you I, like to I, plug? I, I, I've taken a little break from hosting. I've been asked to do it, I, I, but I do uh, hits on on many other people's shows. I do Dave Rubin's show quite a bit, uh, you know, his digital show. I do your show, some others, but the best place to go is just go to Twitter at John Cardillo. Hey, John, thanks so good for getting up early. Uh, thanks for humoring me in this discussion. Uh, best of luck to you out there. And uh, let's uh, revisit this again after the new year. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Always a good time with you, Austin. Take care. That's John Cardillo. I always appreciate him and thank him for being so generous with his time. What do you guys think of John Cardillo? Send us a text at 573-319-1586. Again, the text lines are open. Send us in a text. Let us know what you think about the show. Is there any topic that you think that we've missed? at 573-319-1586. Again, 573-319-1586 is the text line. You know, there's been zero evidence, zero evidence. You can ask me, how can I, I mean, Obama be the hidden puppet master for this administration, but there's no evidence. There's, wait, wait, there's no evidence. There's no evidence that Obama is Joe's puppet master. There's none, absolutely none, none. And that is just a fact. You can't say that it looks like my hair is the dirty mop the janitor is looking for. You can't say that it looks like I lazily slapped on some of Big Mike's lipstick and horrific <laughs> eyeshadow. Don't even look that close. That's a waste of time. You know, there's been zero. <laughs> couple of updates for you before we go to commercial break and get Camilla to talk about X. Uh, Don't forget that Martha's Mint, that delicious mint-flavored coffee, which I'm drinking this morning over at APForLibertyShop.com, goes away at the end of this month. So if you are interested in trying it or if you have tried it and you love it, do us a favor, head over to APForLibertyShop.com, get yourself some Martha's Mint coffee. 
If you buy more than one box of coffee, FYI, the savings do add up. So head over to any coffee uh, brand page that you go to here on the AP for Liberty shop. If you come down here and scroll down here, you'll see if you buy at least two bags of coffee, then you get a 3% discount, three bags, 5%, four or more bags of coffee will get you a 10% discount off there. So you go over here, you can say, oh, look, I want to try them all. Click all. And then here it'll say, select your variant. You're going to want to choose either ground or whole bean. I'm a whole bean guy. I like to keep it fresh as long as possible. Um, but most people like to go ahead and consume their coffee right away. So you can click ground or whole bean, try them all, and look at the discount that you get there. It adds up. If you wanted to try all of our coffee, and that'll be great for, for presents, for New Year's, for, for anybody. They're absolutely beautiful, as you can see here. I've got them displayed over on the camera. You can see those beautiful boxes that my wife Stephanie and I dis, um, um, uh, designed for you. You can get those at ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, ap4libertyshop.com. Earth's mommy says she's ordered two. She hasn't received them yet, though. Um, they should be coming soon. Hopefully you got a tracking number. Usually we uh, provide tracking numbers in your email for the coffees. If not, Erz Mommy, let me know. Send me a text and I'll make sure that we get your tracking number to you through email because I'm, I imagine they're probably going to be there soon because I know you ordered them um, like a week or two ago. So they should be getting there pretty soon. Um, yeah, so get yourself some Martha's Mint before it goes away. Again, at ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP the number four. AP for Liberty shop.com. These gnomes, man, these assault gnomes, people friggin' love them. They are going away too. Um, just because I only ordered 20 of these little guys because I didn't know how they would sell. Well, they're selling pretty fast and they take me a long time to get them. So if you want an assault garden gnome, then I highly recommend that you get it today because I think we only have eight maybe left of the assault garden gnomes. So go over to AP for Liberty shop.com. Type in gnome. We've got a bit of gnome, quite a bit of gnome merchandise, gnome glasses. The two assault. We have guardian of the garden gnome. That's the one that's laying down. And then we have the gardener's protector gnome that you can get. He's the one who's standing up. So check out the gardener's protector gnome. Stephanie took those pictures there. You can get those at ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, ap4libertyshop.com. All right, ladies, it's time. Tell us your icks. Um, studio, will you be able to order the mint this Friday? Yes, you will. So, can you do it on Friday? All right. What lady, what's the biggest turnoff? What is it things guys do that give you the ick? We'll hear from Camelia Peterson on that when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, Rise in Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad and thankful to have you here. Merry Christmas. Hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. And if you are a big supporter of the Wake Up America Show already, you should have received your Christmas card by now. And if you haven't, just let us know. Because I know Floby Tenderson last week was feeling Aww. sad because he didn't get his. Well, we made sure that that happened. So if you are a monthly supporter, of a 1776 or higher level and you haven't got your christmas card yet it's okay hit me up send me a text 573-319-1586 let us know because we do have some extra christmas cards we want to make sure everybody who's a big supporter gets one all right let's get this show on the road ick ew what is it ladies that kills your all right, we're going PG-13 here. What is it that kills your lady boners? <laughs> See, with all the transgender stuff these days, I think that that 
Unfortunately, now lady boners just has a different meaning, doesn't it? All right. Well, I can't talk about this topic about the fairer sex without them being represented. Joining us now is someone who we love to see make blush every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 a.m. Central Time, and that is Camelia Peters. Hi, CJ. How are you? Happy Tuesday. I'm well, thank you. How are you? <laughs> good, good, good. Good morning to all of our friends. One Lorenzo Samuel, first time joining us on the stream. We always like to greet our noobs, our newbies, and Valley Parks as well. Nice to see you here. Awesome. Lorenzo says, good morning, AP. Nice to see you. Uh, Valley Park says, Floby is a strong patriot. There you go. Okay. Camellia, um, X. So I've been watching these videos online for the last few weeks. Stephanie and I love when we're not watching like the most high-minded cultural documentaries, right? We're watching the trashiest crap that you can scoop off of the, the sledgy, <laughs> dredgy, like underneath your shoe stuck to the gum. Uh, stuff on YouTube. Can I just tell you that uh, when you and I were first becoming friends, I think that was something that surprised me more about you than anything. <laughs> I, was I was like, what are you watching? So it's okay. So that is funny that you bring that up because yeah, I think I remember that you were shocked to see like the crap that I would watch. Because I'll go from like watching like an in-depth documentary about Hugo Boss and his invention of the Nazi uniforms and like what that meant for their culture, et cetera. And then I'll turn around and watch like, you know, whatever podcast with like chicks getting embarrassed and like transgender Gorlocks, you know, it's, but that's, I do that so I can keep my finger on the pulse. I'm a talk show host. I'm going to have, you know, I got to do that. So anyways, so X, right? So this is kind of the new meme online is girls reveal their X for things like men who wear socks uh men who wear their seat belts when they're in their vehicles I, I kid you not this is an ick because why is a guy wearing a seatbelt? because like ooh, that's like gross like like that's an ick right these are icks so i guess the, the way should we should start this first of all is what is your biggest ick from a guy and then and then talk to us about this story Okay, so I've, I've never really thought about this in these terms i guess but i mean i guess if there's and i don't even know if i would call it an ick but I guess if I have one thing that is just like, uh, I don't care for, I was like, I'm not a feet person, right? Like, just, like, mm. yeah, like feet are You don't kinda, like feet? Feet are kind of gross, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I don't get the ick if I see somebody walk, walk, walking barefoot. Thanks, Austin. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Wash those socks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so like, so you don't you say you don't get the ick when you see like somebody with bare feet, or you do? No, like it's not that big a deal. I just don't want to have to like touch them a lot. <laughs> so, so you would not suck a guy's toes if he asked. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, you know, I'm reading through all of these things, including some of the things that you mentioned that that, and I've been seeing this go around. It's like, ew, this is an ick, and I'm like. What are, like, what is wrong with you people, first of all? And second of all, I feel like there has to be a meme. Surely somebody has created the meme. Yeah, that's like, men exist. Women, ick. You know, I mean, like, seriously, right? <laughs> so one of the YouTube videos or, or TikTok videos is uh, some of the icks are like um, a young man putting away groceries in small no-show socks while walking around the apartment many of the responses to the video compared the man's feet to those of a ballerina so he was okay. walking he was walking around very delicately well, in his so here's the thing when i first read those words i was like no show socks like what's the big deal with that 
And then I will admit, I saw the picture. And I was like, oh, those are a little unusual for guys for no-show socks. Because I was thinking like the no-show socks you'd wear with tennis shoes or whatever. But these are like the no-show like foot covers that women wear with heels and flats. Like they're really, really no-show. They're like the teeny tiny ones. <laughs> Like teeny tiny. Okay, so then there there is a little bit of an ick factor there. There, there was a little. I mean, I guess I don't know if I'd call it an ick, but it was kind of like, oh, oh that's that's different. <laughs> oh no 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 no! I, I think I I detect a lady boner dying right now. Um, ick, that I could feel a little bit of an ick. Okay, now here's another ick that was listed here. New ick unlocked. My husband getting down from the top bunk. Wait for the toe at the end. So coming down the ladder of the bunk bed very gently and delicately, right? Not like hopping down like a man or like a gorilla, but like, you know, carefully coming down the ladder on the bunk bed. Is that a Nick? I have only one question. Okay, let's Why hear is your husband on the top bunk? That's all I want to know. <laughs> Like, I guess that's a good question. If he's if is the top bunk an ick, but like the bottom bunk is not an ick. I don't know. I just want to know why there's bunk beds at all. Is this like throwback to the fifties, and we just were instead of doing two beds, you know, in the room, we're just doing bunk beds now? What? <laughs> okay, it's it's a it's a legit question, but like uh, I would always sleep on bunk beds when I would go visit my friend Joe's lake house in Delaware. Okay, yeah. So okay, but I would sleep on the bottom bunk. Maybe is is I guess top bunk is more like, hey, I'm a child, I'm a little kid, like oh, I call top bunk. Oh. But like if you're a man, you should sleep on the bottom bunk. Well, usually you would think it would make more sense anyway for the man to sleep on the bottom bunk because generally they're heavier. I don't know. See, there you go. Okay, that's a good one. All right. So that's an ick, right? One a one week in marriage having doubts, she says. Okay, so here's another ick that a wife says that she unlocked. New ick unlocked. My grown six foot three husband cuddling his mommy. And she shows a picture of him laying on the couch with his head on his mom's lap cuddling his mommy new ick unlocked is that ick i don't know i don't really care i mean every family's relationships are different some families are like some families don't hug at all i always thought that was odd uh, my ex-husband's family did not you know they didn't do that my family did that constantly um but you know there's but there are families who are a lot more affectionate so you know like that physical closeness is not a big deal i mean i don't know if it's like by itself and there's no other issues i think it's you know whatever it's fine if there are uh, mommy apron string issues going on there then that might be a bit of an egg that's an that might be a bit oh mommy apron strick is okay mommy apron strings attached to the boy that's that's a potential ick which i think anybody could find understandable now renee ellis she says smelly is it if he's smelly Right. So just like that natural masculine BO scent, which full disclosure, Stephanie loves it when I stink. She loves the man stink. I don't know what it is. Why? And I don't stink that often. I don't I don't stink that often, but like, you know, I get out of karate sometimes, right? You know, and I, I stink, right? But she's like, oh, give me that man musk. But like I it looks like to you, it's like it's an ick. I never really thought about it to be honest. I guess I'm kind of what? neutral on it but uh i wouldn't have thought i wouldn't have said it was something that was uh, a turn on necessarily you know <laughs> i don't know so 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 wait a minute so like if a guy 
gets out of the gets out of the gym and like you go and like you meet him up for coffee and stuff like that and like let's say it's not like obnoxious like basement dweller weeks long shower but like a healthy masculine scent after a workout that's that's an ick it's not an ick I mean, like, it's just something that is and it's fine. It's not necessarily like it, it can be uh, not a turn on, but also not an ick at the same time. There is, you know, kind of like neutral ground here. <laughs> okay, good to know. Stephanie says over in the chat that she loves when I come in from mowing the lawn. Okay, there you go. Uh, well, wow. now smell... that is understandable because you've got the fresh cut grass smell going on there too. And yeah, okay. I, yeah, I'm but that. it definitely, trust me, like I get ick myself when I walk in from mowing the lawn, but uh, oh, okay. oh God, uh, yeah, it kills, kills my lady boner. boner. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're glad and thankful to have you here. If it's your first time here, do us a favor, click that subscribe button and join us here on the show every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central time. We typically like to talk politics and culture and we're goofing around with our friend Camelia Peterson. Make sure that you come back and join Camelia every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 a.m. Central Time because she is our regular guest on Tuesdays and Thursdays here at that time. So if you're enjoying the, the uh, commentary from Camelia, then please do come back and join us at that time. Set it on your calendar. Okay, Camelia, let's can, let's continue I, on with the list of it. Okay, oh, go, ahead, go, yeah. ahead. No, well, go ahead. What's no, the, way in. Well, I was just going to say there's like a larger thing that bothers me about this, but we can do more of the X first. Wait, well, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think the larger thing that bothers me about this whole ick trend is this idea of, especially for people who are married, but, you know, same for, you know, even if it's just a boyfriend too, it's the, this thing that women do to air negative things about their husbands or significant others mm -hmm. that really bothers me. That is just like, I think that's so unhealthy and it's bad for relationships, but it just, it also, you know, you may think that you're, and this applies to anybody really, but you may think that you're joking and, or, you know, nobody's taking it seriously, but it really does affect how other people see your spouse or your significant other. And so that's always bothered me. It's something that I never did. Good for you because uh, that's a conversation Stephanie and I had too early on in our, in our relationship as we were, you know, talking about like, how we present ourselves because you know, the reality is, is that this is a little bit more of a public kind of a career that I've chosen for myself. And so when you are in public all the time, how you speak about someone like me, how my wife refers to me is how other people will see me as well. Uh, and, and so it's important to me that Stephanie is not trashing me out there in public because that would undermine what I'm trying to accomplish here. Um, but that's a really good point and a serious point, but it's not fun or funny. So can we please go back to talking about women well, and their icks yes all right camelia so the next ick on this list is a video of a man who is using his foot now it's covered by a sock to scroll through movies on an airplane touchscreen display while casually sipping champagne and reclining in a chair so he's using his toe to scroll through the airline movies and he's sipping champagne, which I think is also is, you know, kind of cool, right? So he's casual, but he and he does have a sock on. So it's not like he's touching it with his bare feet, right? Is that an ick? Uh, I, I wouldn't call it an ick. I would be I would just I would be more like, well, that's interesting. I mean, I guess it depends on how I'm be, I'm be, I'm be honest. I think that sounds effing disgusting. Well, 
I mean, the thing is, it's like, I'm surprised it will even do it through your socks, but it is like, <laughs> so you're actually, you're actually intrigued. This is, this is giving her a bit of a lady boner. She's sitting to her, <laughs> there thinking to herself, like, I, I can't just... believe that he could pull this off. He's innovative. Imagine what else he could accomplish with those toes. I wouldn't go that far, uh, but yeah, no, I also, you know, not a big, not a big feet fan, remember, so uh, the idea of that touching a screen that other people are touching is, is kind of ick, but I, I just find it really interesting he's doing it to begin with, I'm like, okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, we're talking this morning about things that give women the ick. We're speaking to Camelia Peterson, who's joining us live right now. Uh, and we're glad to have her here on the show this morning with us. Things that give women the ick. You can send us a text at 573-319-1586. That's the text line again at 573-319-1586. Tell us what you think it give as you as a woman gives you the ick okay so let's see we have do we have another one on the list here let's see um oh yeah so you were you know what you were actually you were ahead of the curve there on that one camelia many social media users apparently disagreed with the wife and said they were impressed by the man's <laughs> ability to use his toes to avoid exertion now here's the next ick that has been unlocked it says that shows of a girl showed a video of her boyfriend struggling to remain upright while wearing bright orange ice skates as he helplessly flails his arms. The man eventually retains his balance after grabbing onto a small statue of a penguin. So if you went ice skating, say you had a romantic date and you went ice skating and your man is wearing these bright orange skates and he's like this. Uh, is that an ick? Come on. I mean, seriously, women need to make up their minds here. Do you want do you want your <laughs> men to um, be perfect at everything or do you want them to be vulnerable and show their their imperfections? You know what I'm saying? Like. Make up your mind. You can, you either like I would think with all of the the other things going around that women would be like, oh, he's trying. Look at that. He doesn't mind like not being perfect at everything and doing a good job in front of his date, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. Uh, he's, he's trying something new, right? And that's fine. And he's not embarrassed to like look like an idiot in front of you. That's a good thing. <laughs> I will I will never forget being a kid. And I don't I don't think it was a date. It was just like everybody went to the roller skating rink in Grandview, Missouri. It was called Skateland. And when we were kids growing up in the 80s, like the thing that you would do with your crush is you would hold their hand uh, and then you would uh, when you would hold their hand, you would like skate with them in circles. And before I learned how to roller skate, it was like, oh, God, like I would fall on my ass in front of these girls that I was so you know, enamored with, and I felt so stupid and I just knew it gave them the ick. I knew it. Jamie, well, Jamie. Jamie, Jamie totally got the ick. So here's the thing, though, that it, it should not be an ick because that means that he has the confidence to be able to do something that he's not comfortable doing in front of you. And that doesn't hurt his self-esteem for you to see him falling and fumbling. So there you go. There's positive spin on it. Okay, let's see. Do I have I hit the bottom? Uh, she says, yes, yeah, so you shouldn't go ice skating with your boyfriend because it'll give you the ick. Older clips, other clips had women appalled that men engaged in unorthodox approaches to everyday activities, 
One video showed a man slopping up a plate of macaroni and cheese with his tongue. Ugh, that's kind of weird. I don't um, know that that's with, like an unorthodox approach to something. I think that's just like bad manners. <laughs> how about a man? Okay, this one here's a man uh, with his legs tucked together as he attempted to balance a plate of food while surfing the web on his phone. How do you feel about men when they sit cross-legged like the ladies sit with like, you know, instead of like, you know, with our leg open, you know, we sit up with our leg like, like this, you know, just kind of like this. Hmm? Uh, well, is that is that the is that ick? That's not ick. I mean, like I've known lots of men who sit like that just naturally. It doesn't ever. It. I don't think it looks weird. It's fine. Now they don't sit like that. <laughs> there is no. a difference. I don't think there's any of that going on. <laughs> no, but that that is like something that we guys tease each other about, though. If you sit like that, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, ugh, they actually have pictures of the guy scrolling through the airplane thing with his toe on this one. Okay. <laughs> Well, listen, we've got we've got just a few more minutes left until we get Dr. Bob Onder on the show this morning, who's running for lieutenant governor in the state of Missouri. A little surprise guest. If I missed that, you were having him on. That's cool. Yes, so did I. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, but uh, I got the alert. Thankfully, I have the alert set on my phone. So Dr. Bob will be on in about five minutes. Okay. Um, but uh, the last thing here that we wanted to discuss, sex in the Senate is bad enough, but claiming you're the victim, that's truly shameless. Yes. That young Senate uh, Democrat staffer who was caught filming himself uh, having uh, with his non-lady boner, um, actual man boner, <laughs> is claiming he's the victim. Your reaction, Camelia? Uh Yes, and I think that lots of things have been said about this that are entirely true, but there is there's this article in the Post that you had sent me and um, somewhat surprisingly for the Post, there are a few lines in it that I think were pretty profound. Um, I think it's probably the most important part of this, the most important angle on it is that um, one of the things that this writer says is that um, this latest sex scandal is further evidence that nothing is sacred anymore. No institutions, protocols, or duty, all are plucked of meaning and reverence, downgraded to the importance of a rest stop bathroom. And that the only thing our society now holds to is victimhood, and it is to be invoked at any chance to shift blame. And I think that that is like that really sums up where we are, right? That is so that's so true. I mean, there is there's nothing that's sacred anymore. Um, you know, and you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. Apparently, he was known for this kind of stuff, and he uh, he just got a little edgy one too many times. That sounds like me in my life, except I wouldn't do something like that in the Senate. Camelia Peterson, anything else that you want to share with our listeners before we let you go today? Uh, well, I would just say, you know, um, I know everybody's tired of hearing about politics right now, and it's almost Christmas. Everybody's getting to that mindset. So um, relax, uh, enjoy your time with your family, and just ignore all of this other stuff, except for from seven to nine central time in the morning. And then it's okay to talk about it. Then you just ignore it the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Follow her on Twitter slash X at rare camellia. That's at rare camellia. She joins us every Tuesday and Thursday here on the wake up America show. Thank you very much. We appreciate you, Camelia. Uh, we'll everyone. see you on Thursday. Yes, bye. Yep, have a good one. <laughs> all right. What'd you guys think of Camelia Peterson? Isn't she great? You can text the show and let us know at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586.
Just a quick reminder for those who might just be tuning into the show, our assault gnomes are flying off the shelf. Yes, you heard me right. Those are fully armed, machine gun-bearing assault gnomes available to you now at ap4libertyshop.com. We only got 20 of those in the shop yesterday, and we sold like 12 of them, so there might only be like eight of the assault gnomes left. So get them while they're here at ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, AP4LibertyShop.com. You can get our awesome assault gnomes. And while you're there, why don't you grab yourself a delicious box of Founding Flavors coffee, also exclusive to AP4LibertyShop.com. Our Washington's Revolutionary Roast, as you can see there, is delicious, a nice medium roast. Electric Elixir. There's Ben Franklin sitting there in the the Declaration of Independence. Um, meeting room. And there is John Adams right next to him there where you can see he's at Boston Harbor, enjoying a delicious uh, glass or excuse me, cup of patriotic perk. And my favorite of all of the roasts that you can see there is Thomas's painkiller coffee. Thomas's painkiller coffee is a Colombian single origin coffee. It's absolutely delicious. Uh, And over there, you can see that on this screen, Jeffersonian Java as well. That's the light roast. That's the one. If you're a caffeine lover, then Jeffersonian Java is the one that you want right there. Jeffersonian Java is light roast, which has the maximum amount of caffeine. Try them all uh, and give them away as gifts over at ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, ap4libertyshop.com. All right. Well, maybe I'm not the only one that forgot that Dr. Bob Onder is supposed to be on the show because I haven't heard back from him when I texted him. Um, I'm going to go see if I can get him on. If not, then we're going to have you guys do a call-in show, and it'll be you on the Wake Up America show when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, everybody. Rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Thanks to Rumble for featuring us today on the show. We appreciate that very much. Boy. It's been crazy to see how far this show has come. We went from having 25 to 50 live viewers in the morning to now thousands and thousands of people tuning into the Wake Up America show. And it's all thanks to the great work of all those freedom fighters down there in Sarasota, Florida, who are building the alternative to the lamestream alternative media. Yeah, you know, ban happy YouTube. They said, Austin, yeah, we don't really care for you. We'd rather you go somewhere else. And Rumble said, hey, we'd love to feature the Wake Up America show. And thankfully, now to them, our industry is thriving and the ideas of economic freedom and personal liberty are on the march. So thanks so much to Rumble. Click like on the channel and subscribe if it's your first time here. Come back and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. All right. I'll never forget when I was running for president back in 2016, I had this neocon friend of mine who... Ordinarily, he's not a big fan of libertarianism, although we managed to eke out a friendship while I was living there in Washington, D.C., and we would spar a lot. Uh, And he was no fan of Donald Trump in 2016. No fan, as the neocons typically aren't, right? Nikki Haley and all those people. But I'll never forget a conversation that we had when he said to me, uh, if asked who he was voting for for president of the United States, he would say to all of his friends, I'm voting for the man who was at my wedding so that he could tell them that the presidential candidate, Austin Peterson, was at his wedding. Well, sadly, we all know how that worked out. Unfortunately, Gary Johnson became the nominee and I became the host of the Wake Up America show. Well, so when people ask me who I'm voting for, for Lieutenant Governor of the state of Missouri, I'm voting for the man who was at my wedding, who's joining us live right now, Dr. Bob Onder. Good morning, Dr. Bob. How are you? 
Good morning, Austin. It's great to be back. It was a great wedding. Thank you, Dr. Bob. We appreciate that. And I know you drove a long way to get there. So we're very grateful for that. You're obviously a friend of the Peterson family. And I'm completely biased, but I'm also not a big fan of the person that you're running against for lieutenant governor because you are a doctor. Yes. Uh, and you were not a you were not a big fan of this of your opponent who shall remain unnamed at this time. Yeah. Uh, who was pushing this pres prescription drug monitoring program in the state of Missouri, which just went into effect this week. What was right. it? Yeah. Yeah. What was that? Pro what is that program? What does it mean? Why did you fight so hard against it? Yeah. Uh, prescription drug monitoring programs, Austin, um, are what they um, the name implies. Uh, they are government databases uh, to monitor your prescription drugs. They're often sold as a tool to, quote, fight the opioid epidemic. Um, well, most states of the union have had PDMPs, as they're called, for a long time. And what has the opioid epidemic done over the last uh, couple of decades? It's done nothing but skyrocket. Um, in, in, and, and it's not just opiates they put in PDMPs. So, uh, so uh, benzodiazepines, drugs like you know, Xanax, Ambien, uh, go into the PDMP, um, uh, testosterone supplements uh, go into the PDMP, uh, ADD drugs uh, go to the P into PDMP. So if it were just about opiates, um, you know, you just limit the PDMP to opiates. Um, but no, it's it's part of the bigger government plan to take over more and more aspects of our life to get bigger and bigger. Um, you know, some of well-meaning, because after all, Austin, the government knows better than you and I and knows better than my patients. The real effect of PDMP, though, is if you have this big brother monitoring system, number one, physicians underprescribe opiates for real pain. And my family, just my immediate family, my wife and my children have had two experiences where after major surgery, they were under-medicated and they suffered pain because of this uh, PDMP, you know, frenzy, this, this attitude that, that, that doctors are the source of the opioid epidemic. And number two, um, you, 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 you do perhaps cut off some pill seekers or doctor shoppers, but what do you do? Those folks don't instantly stop being um, addicted to opioids, so they go to street drugs and then they die of fentanyl overdoses. So, you know, big government makes problem worse rather than better and, you know, innocent victims in its wake. What, 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 what's there not to like about PDMP? For sure. We get a lot of Missouri voters who listen to the Wake Up America show uh, as legacy listeners, I think, from my previous program. Yeah, uh, sure. one, listen, one, li one listener, Doug, messaged in, says, is she running for lieutenant governor? Definitely yeah. voting for Dr. Bob in that case. Oh, good. Yes. Well, well, you know, and, and, and I have more than one opponent in this race, but the two legislator opponents, they're both big government Republicans. They, um, you know, they voted for these massive, you know, as, as Ronald Reagan put it, when government, it's a law of nature, when government increases, liberty contracts. Our budget has doubled in the last five years. We've had endless expansions of the welfare state. First, Obamacare, Medicaid expansion, then Biden care, Medicaid expansion. And this year, a bill to expand TANF welfare checks and food stamps um, you know, passed into law with bipartisan support. Um, look, many of our problems in society today are due to the expansion of the welfare state and the replacement 
of the traditional family with big government programs uh, taking care of every aspect of our life. So if you want a small government, liberty-minded Republican, I'm your person in this, this race. It's probably the main reason I am in this race, Austin. There really is no other choice. Well, for sure. And obviously, you're great on uh, privacy and civil liberty issues in regards to the opioid e epidemic, Dr. Bob. But I think your biggest claim to fame was what a warrior you were fighting against COVID tyranny here in the state of Missouri. Oh, my uh, gosh, yes, yes, we did. And, and yes, we did have COVID tyranny in Missouri, even though we were one of the better states. Our governor elected not to set any kind of statewide decree. Um, it was a situation where the municipalities and the counties were allowed to set their own COVID restrictions, none more restrictive or more tyrannical or diabolical than those of Sam Page in St. Right. Charles County. And that was something that you really led the way on. Why did you fight so hard against those COVID restrictions? So again, it was Sam Page in St. Louis County. In St. Charles County. County, we had a problem too. And it was because our own county executive and our own health department um, had this idea that state law required contact quarantines where, you know, you get out the tape measure. If your kid was six feet from another kid who tested positive for COVID, he or she has to leave school for two weeks, 350,000 missed days of school. But it was far, far worse in St. Louis County where, you know, Sam Page shut down businesses. He, he you know, shut down sporting facilities, made kids stay at home. Um, you know, look, the, the, the educational uh, attainment numbers speak for themselves. Uh, we have, right now, only 30% of fourth graders test proficient in reading and math. Those numbers have plummeted since COVID. Our college-bound students, kids who take the ACT, have the lowest scores in six years. Um, I, I meet every day parents who tell me that their kids are, 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 are struggling with speech and language because they're, uh, they're, they're, they're third grade, they're, they're, they're three or four year old in, in preschool had a mask um, over his face for a year. And I meet teenagers and young adults struggling with social interaction and with mental health problems because they were essentially put in solitary confinement in their dormitory rooms um, for a year or two with very little interaction with human beings, but a lot of interaction with, with really uh, ugly TikTok videos and the ideology that, that, that they were indoctrinated with during that time. So, I mean, I, we, we fought hard. I sponsored Senate Bill 12. It came to the floor of the Missouri Senate. My opponent, who we alluded to earlier, along with a bunch of other rhino Republicans and Democrats, voted down that that, that bill did some anti-COVID tyranny language to rein in the health departments into onto a different bill. Um, but that was an important uh, bill. Look, tyrants always uh, always grab power. They always restrict liberty in the name of some kind of an emergency. We can't let this happen again with you know respiratory viruses. Love to hear it. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, I'm Austin Peterson, your host. Thanks for joining us. Do me a favor and click like and subscribe to the channel. I'm speaking to uh, former Senator Dr. Bob Onder, who is a current candidate for Lieutenant Governor here in the state of Missouri. Um, Dr. Bob, where do you stand on the school choice issue? Yeah, I'm for school choice. Um, you know, look, Austin, I, uh, I first uh, 
began to study school choice. I'm dating myself here, but back in the 80s, reading Milton Friedman's Free to Choose. Um, I believe that parents uh, are, are, are know best uh, when they, to choose the option that's best for them to give their kids an outstanding education, whether that be public school, private school, homeschool, um, or parochial school. At the same time, I know there are some folks on my end of the political spectrum, conservatives, who, um, you know, who kind of look look askance at school choice because they say, look, anything the government subsidizes, uh, they're going to want to control. And that's true for sure. Uh, the government wants to control things that they don't subsidize. For instance, homeschool. Every year, progressive Democrats file bills that would regulate um, regulate homeschool. We've got to keep fighting back against that. Another, some of the conservative opponents to school choice will also say that our big problem is not so much, um, you know, that the, the, the public school monopoly, but it's the pernicious effect of government regulation. The DESE. I agree with them about the pernicious effect of the Department of Elementary and Secondary uh, Education and the really inept bureaucrats who have run that department for way too long. And DESE ought to be reined in or abolished. But yes, I do believe in home, in a school choice. Dr. Bob, are you neutral in the governor's race? You know, when you have your own primary, you need to you need to stay you know stay uh, relatively uh, you know rel- yeah stay on the sidelines in other people's primaries. Yeah, but um, you know, I have some opinions on that. But at this point, I'm I'm going to stay out of endorsing anyone. Okay, but there's there, there's nobody who's disqualified or anything uh, in your mind. Yeah, well, I you know look, I would I would say that uh, you know voters need to need to look at the individual records. You know, one you know one of the candidates was not only the uh, supporter of but sponsored the largest tax increase in Missouri history. That massive gas uh, tax increase that's you know driving up our gas prices right now. Um, the other two opposed that tax. But, uh, you know, I think there's there there are differences between the candidates in that race. Yeah. For sure. Um, we're speaking to uh, Senator, former Senator Bob Onder. He's a doctor here in the state of Missouri. And we're talking to him a little bit about his lieutenant governor race here in the state of Missouri. We do have a lot of Missouri listeners. So I imagine that uh, they will be voting in that race. So I invite you to take a look and listen because I happily endorse and recommend Dr. Bob Onder for that role of Lieutenant Governor. Uh, and I do so uh, full heartedly, knowing that he has been a hero in the fight against COVID tyranny here in the state of Missouri, against the tyranny of people who want to centralize our databases in regards to the drugs that people are taking. Uh, and he's done a terrific job as a legislator and a lawmaker. And I know he would do a great job as Lieutenant Governor. So take that and post that on your Twitter account if you like, Dr. Bob. I will. Um, Thank you. Uh, uh, one last thing here for you on the national level. We are a national show now these days. Um, your thoughts on the Republican presidential primary. Will you weigh in on the presidential primary? Do you have a preferred candidate in that race? Well, you know, it's, it, I, I may very well make an endorsement uh, uh, very shortly in that, in that race. Uh, look, it, it looks like the establishment, you know, on Republicans um, are rallying around uh, Nikki Haley. Um, uh, look, I, someone this this week called her Liz Cheney uh, with with brown hair. 
Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't I don't believe that's the direction our our party should be going. Uh, look, I have a lot of a, a lot of uh, a lot of respect for uh, Ron DeSantis. I believe he helped, he handled the COVID uh, pandemic, uh, you know, better than most governors. Um, you know, at the same time, it doesn't look like his uh, candidacy is is taking off right now. So um, I, I'll, I'll likely be making an endorsement uh, soon in that, in that race. Dr. Bob, is there anything else that you think that we haven't missed or covered that you'd like our listeners to know before we let you go today? Well, one thing I'd, I'd point out to your listeners is that uh, not only on these these economic and liberty issues, am I the conservative in the race, <clears throat> but I am for pro-life Missourians. I am uh, the, uh, the conservative, the pro-life candidate in the race last week, Missouri Right to Life, uh, gave me its exclusive endorsement. So I was very honored um about about that and uh you know I, and i've fought uh for for your listeners second amendment rights i've worked very closely with uh senator now congressman burleson uh to pass constitutional carry to pass the second amendment protection act so whatever issue your uh listeners are are concerned about i am the pro-liberty conservative candidate Yep. Seconded and endorsed by myself. That is uh, Dr. Bob Onder running running for the lieutenant governor role here in next year's election here in Missouri. Uh, Dr. Bob, where could people follow you online or find out more about your campaign? Yeah, my website is bobondermo.com and bobondermo on Twitter and Facebook. There you go. Bob Ondermo on Twitter and Facebook. Hey, Dr. Bob, thanks very much. Uh, and good luck on your campaign. Merry Christmas. Hey, thank you, Austin. Merry Christmas. Thank you. What'd you guys